to Brotherly Pod. Here it is, uh, Wednesday, October 11, 2023 here. And, uh, well, our last show before puck drop of the 2023-24 Philadelphia Flyers season. Oh my Only- gosh, it is the last one. Yeah, last one. Play tomorrow. Uh, open of the season against Columbus on the road, and game in Ottawa on the road, and they come back home on Tuesday for the home opener against Vancouver. Because, I mean, what better team to have a home opener against than Vancouver? <laughs> Couldn't get the Penguins in town or something that night. No, of course not. That would be too <laughs> easy. Uh, well, I am honored to be back for the last show of the Flyers off season since uh, the season officially begins tomorrow and ready to talk some Flyers hockey with everyone. Yeah, Katie's here in case they... Uh... Hi! <laughs> <laughs> well, it seems but like... She thought you got rid of me. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. She's still here. But, uh, you know, some stuff going into the year here. The opening night lineup, uh, as has been in practice here uh, over the last little while, uh, seems to be Farabee, Couturier, Brink on the top line, Tippett, Frost, Atkinson on the second, Lawton, Cates, Konechnia on the third, Delorier, Paling, Hathaway on the fourth, with the defense, uh, with Risto currently on the shelf, looking to be uh, York, Sanheim, Stahl, oh. Walker, and Zamula, Sealer. <laughs> that second pair just makes me cry. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know what to make of this defense, but uh, Andre serving as the extra. Risto is hurt, but apparently he's fine. Uh, they put him on IR so they can keep three goaltenders for the time being, uh, for whatever purpose that serves. Yeah, there's a there's a whole lot to unpack here, uh, particularly with the, with the defense. <laughs> but I will say the surprising thing was um, not only did Forster and Brink make the team. I mean, both of them played well enough in camp. I just don't think anybody foresaw at least Bobby Brink yeah. actually making the team. I kind of figured they were just going to wave one of them and it was probably going to be bring to just get set back down to Lehigh. Um, but I'm glad both of them made it. It's interesting that they pushed Konechny to the third line. I would have expected them to put one of the kids on that line, but it seems like they're giving them every opportunity to make an impact right from the get go, which is something I'm very excited to see. The handling of Bobby Brink has been good. I mean, this guy showed up and earned it. He was the standout mm-hmm. at camp, and they did not demote him for it, which it seemed for a little while there, you know, as they were juggling to make their last cut, Brink looked like the guy that was going to get cut and they were going to send him down. It's like, what kind of message does that send? Mm-hmm, you know, you exactly. show up, you earn it, you actually earn your spot, and it's just, well, Forster was earmarked for that role, so he's going to have it. But, yeah. hey, he's here. He's on the top line with Farabee and Couturier. I mean... We'll see how long he stays there. My guess is once shit goes sideways, Jordan Totoro's going to shake shit up here. But, uh, you know, Forrester's going to serve probably as the 13th forward. He was in and out with Farabee today on that top left spot. But um, it sure seems like the vets are going to get the opening night nod. Whether they're here for the home opener, I guess, TBD. But, uh, you know, uh, I'm glad they handled Brink the way they did. I think it would have been, again, a, a pretty ugly message to send. If you show up and earn it, and just kidding, you're demoted anyway. So at least they're doing one thing right with the kids this year. Yeah, I mean, so far so good. And I think it's going to be something that we're definitely going to have to keep an eye on, at least through the first month of the season or so, is to see 
A, how many kids are up here at any given time, and B, whether or not the kids that are here are actually getting playing time. You know, it's one for thing for Tortorella to say, oh, yeah, you know, if the kids are going to be here, they're going to play. But it's another thing for them to actually yep. do it. Yeah, that's been kind of the catch-22 of this whole preseason thus far, right? Is you have a roster filled with the vets, most of them are Tortorella guys, while you have at least half a dozen young guys that are knocking at the door and, and can conceivably play in the NHL and how they balance those minutes is where it's going to be interesting. And, you know, are they going to carry Forster and Brink and they just tag in and out for a little while? Do they eventually sit someone like Atkinson or, or Tippett or Faraby if they're not earning it and, and let the other guys play, let them both play at the same time? What Does Andre ever see the ice time? Do we ever see Ronnie Adderd after he was sent down again? Like, how they kind of manage this is going to be probably the biggest story of the season. And they can sit here and say they want to play all the kids all they want, but at the end of the day, Tortorella has to overcome his love affair with these veterans in the first place in order for them to play, which is going to be, again, the big struggle for the season. Right, and all of this is hypotheticals just because the season hasn't begun yet, and we don't we don't know how it's going to play out. Like, what if, you know, Brink and Forster are tagging in and out, but, you know, Forster has a two-goal game. You can't sit him the next game for Brink to come in. You know, there's going to be some hard lineup decisions when it comes to this night in and night out, you know, depending on how the kids and, of course, the vets are playing. Um, so, yeah, I'm very intrigued to see what they do. Hopefully, we also see a return to form for other players as well, notably Couturier and Atkinson. Um, I wasn't, I didn't get to watch a ton of preseason, but you didn't miss, they much. just kind of, yeah, <laughs> 80, 82 games, particularly of these the yeah, flyers of late yeah. is, is torture enough. So why, <laughs> why add six more onto that? <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, from what I read, I think they kind of looked, okay, They've been fine. Yeah. you know, they, they could have looked better, but they also could have looked worse. You know, especially Couturier, who's missed 22 months, you know, with two back problems. I guess the fact that he's here at all right now is rather impressive. Yeah, so. we should. We should. Uh, no, we can't applaud them for doing the bare minimum. Yeah, they, they got to show up. And especially if Couturier is going to be in that one C role, you know, they're going to throw him right back into the deep end here. And he's on the power play and penalty kill and all this shit and playing 30 minutes a night. He better mm. earn it, you know, and it's going to be interesting. You know, we talked about this. You know, whether it was on this show or other shows, I don't really remember anymore. But, you know, how they handle Couturier in his return and kind of Morgan Frost and Noah Cates here, especially Noah Cates, who's kind of the spiritual successor to Couturier, even though mm -hmm. Couturier signed for seven more years. You know, how you balance that out? Does Morgan Frost get a fair shake kind of on the offense overall? He's with Tippett and Atkinson right now, which should theoretically be, be a decent group. Be good so, enough, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that top nine, this forward group is not bad. You know, the top nine is all pretty much interchangeable. Farabee, Couturier, Brink, Tippett, uh, Frost, Atkinson, Lawton, Cates, Konechny, and throw Forster in there. Those are all you can yeah, I mean, it's not names bad. out of a hat it's, and it's put them on a line like, and they're going to be fine. It, right? It's missing some high-end talent oh, for yeah. sure. Oh, yeah. You're missing some serious game-breaking talent up but, front. But Yeah, overall, I mean, these, like, first, yeah, three these second first three lines, lines are just bad. a bunch of second lines, really. Yeah. And uh, that fourth line, the Delorier paling hathaway line, whatever anybody wants to say about that. I mean, it's it's a perfectly fine fourth line. I, I think that actually it might be one of the best fourth lines in the whole league. Yeah, for sure. Like th that is a contending team's fourth line. Why the Flyers built Why one up right now? Right oh, now. No, no, no. <laughs> That's the big mystery. But yeah, this forward group is not bad. The goaltending, it's going to be Hart and Urson, even though Sonstrom is still here. 
And obviously Carter Hart's fate still TBD, whether it be Team Canada, his contract's up at the end of the year, he's an RFA, there were trade rumors in the summer. You know, if they're moving on from this guy, getting Urson uh, NHL playing time should be key this year. And, you know, Sandstrom, they apparently like the guy, or at least some people do, or they don't want to send him down. But uh... They're going to have to rotate him in somehow. I also think it's a bit of uh, playing chicken with Tampa Bay, who's obviously missing Vasilevsky for the first couple months of the season. Um that is the only reason I can possibly think as to why they would need to keep three goalies. And obviously if they find out, they're clearly you know, scared. Couple, somebody's going to pick yeah, him up. They're scared. Somebody's going to take him. But also if you find out that, you know, two months into the season, Carter Hart is suspended for the rest of the year due to the hockey Canada investigation. Now, all of a sudden your goaltenders are Sam Urson and Cal Peterson. Yeah. And that's just at the NHL level. Like you have no goaltending in nothing, your AHL. Yeah, nothing at the AHL. So, so. I, I understand their reasoning, but it does leave me a little, I don't know, uneasy just because if he's going to be here, you know, he's going to need to get playing time. How are you going to rotate him? How are you going to juggle three goalies? Like, it's just not something that teams do. Like, there's only two of them for a reason. And as it's long as Hart is here and healthy, he's not, he's yeah. going to see a lion's share of the time anyway. So, exactly. you know, I, I don't know how I feel about that. I, you know, as much as I advocate for a lot of these prospects to be in the NHL, I think Urson is kind of the exception of I would much rather have him playing two or three times a week in Lehigh than two or I three agree. times a month in the NHL. Mm-hmm. And especially if you're going to carry three goaltenders and Sonstrom's actually going to get minutes, right? That takes away even more time from Urson's development there. So, like, I'm glad they're gonna i mean arson's clearly earmarked to be the guy moving forward right so i'm glad they've made that call and he's very talented and i'm glad they're gonna do that and that they're seemingly have a real backup plan here in case carter hart goes away but (laughs) it's a bit of a juggling and you know for all we know they may send uh sonstrom down once risto comes back which could be you know by the weekend so who knows but yeah they're play they're clearly scared somebody's gonna take them which i mean we're multiple days past waivers at this point i think sunday was the last one uh for to be on the opening night roster pretty much everybody that is passed in Tampa Bay didn't take any of them right so mm-hmm. are they holding out specifically for sonstrom which i guess is not impossible but if you were the flyers you could just keep Sonstrom and send Urson down and then Tampa's mm-hmm. shit out of luck anyway. So like, fine. I don't know but what, that goes, but that goes <laughs> against the whole like accountability mentality. Like accor- according to them, Urson earned a spot in yeah. camp and I don't, and I don't argue with that, but if you're going to keep Brink who earned a spot, but send down Urson who also earned a spot that, you know, that sends mixed messaging. Yeah. So, so it is difficult. I, I understand why they kept him. It's just, I don't know how this is going to shake out. There, there's so much at play here. I wish I had some popcorn just for the for the whole flyer season. You know, it's just so much drama. There's a lot of moving pieces. Yeah, a lot of things that, you know, I, I don't think... This is the opening that lineup now. I don't think it's going to be this way in, like, yeah. a week from now. Oh, no. Right? Like, I, think, I think the Risto injury came at an opportune time because it allowed them to kick the can down the road yeah. for two more weeks in regards to what really the night-in and night-out lineup is going to be. Um. So, yeah, it it I I think a couple weeks into the season we'll be able to find out what's you know once once everybody's kind of got their the training camp jitters out they settle in a little bit they're playing against real NHL competition on a nightly basis we'll see how many of these kids actually stay 
and what they decide to do from there. You know, the forward group is decent. Your goaltending, if Hart and Urson are both playing their best, that is a top 10 tandem in the league. It has to be. Mm-hmm. Oh, I would agree. The defense, on the other hand, Woo! what holy, a fucking holy. disaster. <laughs> York on the left with Sanheim on the right. Just, I don't even know what. Stahl and Walker and Zamula and Sealer. Zamula is playing on the left side, though, which is something that they did not do last year. So, I mean, overall, and Andre is your extra it's, man. It's improvement for Zamula, at least. Yeah, I'm glad. And that York, who's also playing on on the left side. Yes, so York good. is also on the left. You know, Andre is the extra man right now. If they decide to keep all three goaltenders, Andre's going back to the AHL probably. I, he was the one guy that I was surprised that they didn't send down in order to make the roster 23 men. Because from what I saw and had read about his performance in training camp and the preseason games it was very kind of hit or miss like he would make a play that would you know stand out and then two minutes later he would make this absolute gaffe that was awful it's like i think emil andre pound for pound is your most talented defenseman right now but interesting his high interesting take his eye his highs are higher than anybody else has but He's only 13 games into his North American career, and he's 21 right. years old. He's played mm-hmm. 10 regular season games with the Phantoms and three playoffs. That's it, plus the handful of preseason games. So I'm not overly surprised that he's getting turnstiled defensively every now and again. Because I think it's going to happen. It's no, kind of I mean, about it makes sense. learning if... that process. And it's now it's a matter of, do you want him to be playing top-line minutes in the AHL or seven, you know, number seven minutes in the NHL where he's going to be sitting every... Like, at this point, maybe another few months... And, and they did this with Cam York last year, remember? York did mm-hmm. not make the opening night roster. Went no, to Lehigh, was head and shoulders above everybody until, like, Christmas when they called him up and he was an NHL regular since. And mm-hmm. that would be a perfect time when I'm sure Mark Stall and Nick Sealer lose some of their shine that they have right now, and uh, Andre just Nick, Nick Sealer gets the uh, the oh what was it called the injury to the crotch that uh oh yeah Mark Streit uh, Mark Streit that's it broke it was his Mark cock something. yeah yeah I but, was thinking uh... Mark Stall but I knew that wasn't correct because Mark Stall literally just joined the team. <laughs> I was like, that's not right. Some other different old guy. Some other here. different yeah. old guy named Mark. <laughs> yeah, but I mean. Oh, Philly's just hit a home run. Again? A, oh, yeah, another, another Harper bomb. Wow. They poked that's the bear on that one. Huh? one night for him. So, I mean, I don't know. I think, uh, <laughs> I don't know what their plan is on defense. This is a, even if Ristoline is healthy, this is a disaster. This is a crap shoot. Yeah. Every, si- every single night in and night out is going to be, this is what sinks them. The offense could score more goals than any other team in the regular season. They could look like the Bruins from last year, and they still would only win like 25 to 30 games because this defense is so bad. Yeah, it, it's 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 bad. And I mean, especially if someone like Cam York gets hurt and then you're just screwed, right? So, I mean, I mean the things you're looking for, you want Samula to establish himself as an NHL defenseman. And I don't right. think his ceiling in the NHL is particularly high, but I think he could be a perfectly fine third pair defensive defenseman for a long time. That's fine. But I think a lot of it is just, you know, we've been complaining that we have all of these prospects and we can't see what they are because yeah. they've, they just refuse to call up on any and play any of them. So even if he's nothing more than like a five or six, you know, fine, 
whatever. At least they're playing him. At least it's somebody that they've grown and developed. And you know what? If he turns into something, that's great. Maybe they keep him. Maybe they flip him somewhere. But at least they're doing it, you know? Trying to pull up the power play lines they ran today because they are fucking an even bigger disaster than the rest of the lineup is. I'm interested to see how York and Sanheim handle um, those top pair. Power I mean, play you... one was Katuri, Atkinson, Brink, Konechny, York. Power play two was Frost, Tippett, Farabee, Cates, Sanheim. Woof. Oh, that power play two is getting obliterated. Yeah, and I mean, power quite play frankly, one, power play one's not terrible. Could be better. Kind of bad. I, I think, man, York and Sandheim quarterback in those power play. This is where Emil Andre would come in handy, and this is where Ronnie Adderd would have come in handy. Would have come to, in handy to yeah. quarterback your power plays, because um, you really got nobody of that bunch. I mean, York York is fine in that role, but I think he's kind of like a Provorov, where it's like he's there, he can do it, but he's not great at it, kind of thing. Yeah, I get and what you're saying. Sandheim, I mean, fucking Jesus Christ, Jesus, how many times yeah. have we tried this experiment over the years and it doesn't work? But, uh, yeah, I think the power play is where the weakness is really going to show up. They were dead last in the power play over the last two years uh, in yeah, the NHL. Yeah, that's going to continue. I think it was like 12.8% and 15.6 or something like that. Like, it, it's it's been it's been pretty bad. And, you know, Katerie and Atkinson may help that, but you're still missing the guys that can do it. And, you know, maybe somebody like Forrester can ultimately hold that role, right? And slip into the old Giroux splot. Uh, mm-hmm. spot, splot, whatever, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there, this is where your lack of offensive talent is going to shine through the most, and you really don't got mm-hmm. any uh, solid defenseman to be a proper quarterback. So I expect another bottom finish this year. <laughs> oh, yeah, that that should be in the bottom. I agree. Ugh, Sanheim in a power play, just kill me now. Yeah. It'll be finally time to see how they handle the absence of Ivan Provorov, which we kind of talked about not only all of last offseason, but in the lead up to that, yeah. where we were talking about, you know, if they do decide that they want to move on from this guy, who's going to be eating their minutes? And it seems like it's going to be them for the most part. Um, but, oh, dear Lord, I don't want Mark Stahl and Sean Walker to see any of that. Ugh. Yeah, I uh, I think we're going to miss Provorov. You know, as as much as this guy was an asshole and was just generally disliked and, and you know, it was time to for him to go. Yeah, there's this no, is where it hurts. <laughs> yeah, there's nobody on this team that can really quite fill his shoes yet. And, you know, we'll see how York develops. And this is kind of where the struggle to find York a real partner, whether it's Sandheim or Ristolainen, is not quite... Uh, you know, proper NHL caliber <laughs> mm-hmm. top line pair. So we'll see. But yeah, I think especially the penalty kill is where uh, they're going to miss old Provorov because not many people can uh, do this, especially, do that, you know, Sealer, yeah. Stahl, Walker, Zamula, Sanheim, Risto. <laughs> I mean, especially if Stahl is only playing half the games anyway, you know, who else are they going to throw You think they're going to keep their word be... with him not playing every night? I think so. I mean, again, I have sort of learned to take everything this organization says with a grain of salt. Yep. But I feel like that's not that's not John Tortorella's fault. That's the fa- the the sins of the prior regime. But you know, it's it, it's like the fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Where at this point I've just been burned so many times that I'm like, okay, I have to see it in order to believe yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. You know? 
And, you know, they can say they can say all of the good words that they want. But until I see it happening, they've they've walked a very fine line with some of their messaging over the last little while. You know, when Breer was the first one and spent the entire summer media tour using the word rebuild so openly. Mm-hmm. And then a couple weeks ago in training came up and he's like, well, we're going to win as many games as possible. And it's like, well, yep. hold oh, on here, Hello. Breer. Well, yeah, Two different things what's... here. You know, and, and how patient do you think the fans are going to be this season with the rebuild? That I think is a fascinating question. That might be the second biggest storyline of the season. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people are giving Breer the benefit of the doubt right now. He's very much in the honeymoon phase, right? Mm-hmm. There's been very little questioning of anything that's happened this summer. But once this team starts racking up losses on a semi-regular basis, which is probably still going to happen. Going to be quickly. <laughs> you know, and if Stahl does play regular, especially this whole defense is a disaster, but if Stahl plays regularly and they go, well, wait a second, you know, they Tortorella said he's not going to. And once the losses rack up, like, it's not going to be pretty. I don't think people are going to be thrilled with this team in December, right? So... Mm. I don't know. I don't know how much leash they got once the product is actually out there, especially if they're not playing the kids. If they end up yeah. sending down Forrester and Brink and Andre, and it's just the same old veteran crew they've had for all these years, uh, you may uh, you may lose the room a little quicker than uh, anticipated. Well, well, not only that, but if the kids are playing and the kids are bad, then what do you do? You can't. You can't Let's even just fold the franchise. Yeah. <laughs> move on. There's not much you can do in that case. No, yeah, yeah, just give up and move on. Find a different sport just, to root for. Just fold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, you know, there's been a lot of mixed messages, not only from, from Torts as well. And there have been multiple times during training camp of the preseason where he would be talking about this stuff and, like, trying to balance playing the kids while also not disrespecting the vets, which is, I think, the word they used the other day. <laughs> it's funny. He's like, well, we want to play the kids, but Marshall's going to get a shake. But we want to play the kids. And it's like he's in his head. You can see the battle of trying to put this out there in word form to not commit to one thing solely. So, But if they, wanted, if they didn't want to disrespect veterans, why did they sign so many? I don't know. Because they didn't want to play the kids. But they gotta play the kids. But yeah, they should be playing the kids. That's the whole goddamn point of the rebuild. I don't know. I uh, it's it's a lot of overcrowding everywhere. Yeah, just and, just everywhere. You know, my guess is there's gonna be a lot of musical chairs going on. That you know, I predicted this on on one of the shows last week. By season's end, I think all the kids probably have some level of NHL experience, right? Forrester, Brink, mm-hmm. Danoye, Lexell, Adder, Andre, whoever else I was is hanging so around. bummed they cut him. Lexell looked good. Ollie Lexell, let me fucking tell you what. Like, he came onto the scene last year. He was drafted in, like, 2017, like, the seventh round or He's some old. shit. <laughs> and he came over last year, and he looked super good in the rookie game. And it's like, wow, who the fuck is this kid? And some random draft pick came over. He was nearly a point. He was a point-per-game guy for most of the season last year in Lehigh. And I think he finished with 45 and 53, Damn. which is nuts. His defensive was solid. His point scoring was there. And then he got called up to the NHL a couple times and was in Tortorella's doghouse immediately and barely played during his recalls, which is bullshit. But he's one of those guys that, you know, if you get to the trade deadline and you get rid of, you know, Garnet Hathaway, which I don't think they're going to do, but, you know, one of these depth guys, like, I think he could be, you know, a bottom six winger 
for a while and fuck maybe even a middle six winger if he ends up being offensively gifted mm-hmm. at the NHL level but yeah this was a guy that came out of nowhere last year and was one of the Phantoms best forwards and you know I mean I kind of figured he wasn't going to make it simply because I mean Tyson Forster and Brink can barely make it let alone you know somebody yeah, a little, little lower on the depth de- chart de- you know Lixel, but, that's uh, exactly what I was going to say yeah I mean I really like this kid last year in Lehigh and if he can repeat I mean he may be an undeniable guy to get some ice time sooner or later yeah, I don't think they're breaking up that fourth line at all. So it if he comes up, it's going to have to be due to injuries. I mean, he could be tearing it down like there's no tomorrow in the AHL. But if there's not a spot for him right now, let alone with a bunch of other people that just barely made the team, like Brink and Forster, like, there's already not room for them, yeah. you know, let alone this other guy. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Like I said, I'm shocked they have Konechny on the – on the third line, but that's just the way it is. That's an interesting line though. There's a lot of, uh, is that the, that's like the face making line between Scott Lawton and Konechny. That should, that should have a lot of firepower in terms of getting under the other team's skin. So that should be at least mildly entertaining. That second line though. Hmm. I, I worry about Atkinson the most just because he's coming back from the injury. But I think I think if Tippett and Frost can both kind of take their games to new heights this coming season, it should be a lot better. But at, right now, I'm kind of just lukewarm on it. It doesn't really do anything for me. Like, I liked what I saw from Tippett last year. I'm just hoping he can do more. That line just reminds me of the flyers jerseys where they how they look unfinished <laughs> like if you just added like a couple little things here and there it would be perfect yeah i think atkinson is an interesting one because i think he's the only veteran in the entire forward group that like could maybe sit if he's not up to snuff but he's also yeah. a john tortorella guy so will he sit if it's necessary if one of the kids gets it so one of those guys but yeah of the veterans there i mean maybe if they give up on faraby you know if there's nothing still nothing there with joel faraby maybe they give up on him but uh, i think for the most part atkinson is the one that if he's not playing up to snuff and all the kids are maybe yeah. they uh, go down i mean the guy's 34 he's still here for another year by the way 5.8 for this season and next which is fucking insane but, oh, did uh, you say Farabee was on that line? I thought it was Tippett. It was uh, Tippett, Frost, and Atkinson oh, okay. on the second. But Farabee right, maybe, uh, you know, I, th- I think he's one of the guys that, you know, if he's nothing more than just a he's random 40-point dude, like, man, and he's under contract forever at this point. Yeah. Too. He needs to have a big bounce back year because he had, you know, I think he got a lot of benefit of the doubt last year due really to last the surgery. Really last Had a whole bunch of injuries the season before that, too. Did he really? Uh, Time is just a blur to me. Yeah, the last few years all just kind of run together at this point. But, uh... <laughs> yeah, they, they just blend together. But yeah, he had the surgery, what was it, last summer? or Last summer, of... he did make it back in time for opening night. It was one of only three players to play in all 82 Wait. games. But... Which, which is something to be said, but when he initially wasn't projected to come back until like December or something. It was like American Thanksgiving was uh, yeah. the projection, yeah. And then he does, he comes back early, but doesn't really look great. He just kind of exists. Yeah. yeah. He was just kind of a guy out there for pretty much Still all has last not season. hit 40 points. This is year five. In a single now, season? So, wow. Nope. Um, yeah. Has it, he come close? I think he tops out in the high 30s every year, but he has not yeah, hit the 40 hasn't... point plateau yet. Eh. Yeah. He needs to have a big season. 
or mm, I don't know what you do with him. Do you just ride out the rebuild with him anyway because he's got a big contract, or do you try and you know see if he needs a change of scenery? Yeah, uh, he did have thirty nine last year. He had thirty eight okay. two years he's ago. He's almost so there. He's coming close, but has not officially eclipsed that. How many years does he have left on his contract? Fucking forever. Probably like five. One, he two, got the Andrew McDonald this contract. year and uh, four additional years. Yeah. So five yeah, by so five, five left on his contract. So if he's just a 40-point guy, I mean, like, I don't think he's one of those guys that I don't think he's useless, even if he's not scoring. But, you know, again, when you have all this talent kind of pushing these players, is just kind of being acceptable good enough? Or is he going to yeah. need to be, you know, extra bed for, you know, what's the breaking point before they start sitting him for Tyson Forrester, if that's the case, right? So I don't think it would take a lot. I feel like Tortorella is good at giving people the shots when they deserve them. And I think that training camp has at least done a little bit to kind of help that narrative at least. But I also don't know how people are going to react with them sitting him just because he's also a relatively young guy. He's I mean, only he's, like 23. I think. Yeah. He's only like 23. So oh. like there's, there's still room for improvement. I don't think it's out of the question that or I should say, I think giving up on him, quote unquote, might be too soon. But I will say he's probably running out of leash a little bit. He's not going to have the same kind of leeway that he got previously. And if he doesn't return to the Joel Farabee that we thought he could be when we gave him the contract, it could be a little dicey. I don't know if they're going to completely sit him, but I definitely think he would get. You have to drop to the, the expectations on the guys yeah. later, right? Is this guy going to be a legitimate top guy, or does he just become kind of like a bottom six grinder? Which is a role I think he could play. It's a role I think he could play, but, but you also have that. Is that Scott what you Lawton, want at this point? You know. Yeah, Lawton and your fourth line that's not going to get broken up by hook or crook. Like, you know, there's not a lot of room for those guys. And when mm-hmm. you have guys like Forrester knocking at the door and don't necessarily have a roster spot for him, you know. I think the part that frustrates me the most is that there doesn't... They're trying to make it fluid between who's kind of rotating in and out. But if you kind of take a look at the roster, there doesn't really seem to be a lot of fluidity available. Between the fourth line, which, like you said, is not getting broken up under any circumstances, then, you know, you have these other lines that are really just kind of like, you know, regardless of how you mix and match them, it's just kind of meh. Like, yeah, you know. Uh, like, the, no, none of them really do anything for you, regardless of however you slice it. They're all the same. I mean, that top nine is a grab bag, you know. Pick the left wing, pick the center, pick the right wing. It's all the same. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like it's very hard to kind of see roles happening here. And sure, some of them are a little more defensively gifted, like Lawton or Cates and, you know, Couturier versus some people like Frost and Forrester that are more offensive guys. But, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just, it's such a hodgepodge of dudes, you know, especially up front that, I don't know, you know, it's, <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's so, like, I don't I mean, you're, think you're not really going to have Lawton team. playing in your time, in, in your top six, ideally. So you're kind of, you're kind of keeping him there in that left spot. I guess you could sort of interchange Cates and Frost, but why would you, you know, you might as well just leave them where they are. And the same thing on the right side. I mean, Cates and Atkinson, I mean, I probably would have put Atkinson on the third line, but I think they're also trying to, Get not only get him back into you know playing form, but also if he looks good, 
then they may try to flip him, which would help solve that log jam at right wing. Yeah, one of those things they probably should have addressed last summer and didn't. If only we hadn't said that. Yeah. All summer. (laughs) Yeah, and, you know, I think there were a lot of people that were hoping things would just kind of work out. (laughs) And, oh, you know, I heard all summer long, oh, Dad, they're not going to play the vets. They're going to give the kids chances. And it's like, well... You know, they gave a couple of the kids chances, but on the whole, a lot of these young guys are still on the outside looking in. I mean, four of them made the roster, but only two are going to get to play. Right. right? On, so, a, on a night-to-night basis. Yeah. You know? with, without them benching someone like Stahl so Andre could slip in, too, or without them making the call on Atkinson or Farabee to put in Forrester. You know, mm-hmm. the only way Forrester's going to play is if Brink is sitting, right? And it's mm-hmm. like, at that point, you defeat the whole fucking purpose of the kids in the first place. So, yeah. But again, like we mentioned earlier, what if they're doing good? Are you really going to swap them in and out every game? Who do you choose to sit in there? And then does Brink just sit in the press box for a couple weeks at a time if Forrester's tearing it up? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, man. I don't know how they break this down, but it is a, it's a, it's a mess. Well, thankfully, it's not our job to manage that. We just get to talk about it. Yeah, we just get to critique them for it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> where do you think they finish this year do you think this is a a bottom five team you think they're a bubble team where do you i don't know i kind of go back and forth on this so have i because i look at this roster and i'm like it's not bad the forwards and goaltending are good the defense is a hot mess but like i don't think this is a bottom five team but then i pull up the rest of the league and i'm like, and you're like oh, i don't know God, if they're better than eyes. any of these guys like it's a very kind of difficult run i could see this forward group getting hot and kind was, of pushing them, say, yeah. you know. I could see the I could see the forwards exceeding expectations, but I think the defense is really where they're going to get crushed yeah. unless Andre and Zamula and York take cons- like considerable steps forward. And Sanheim looks like the player from two years ago versus the one they got last year. I think at that point the other ones are kind of. I don't really care about Mark Stahl. I hope Sean Walker does. Okay, I've, I haven't really seen him play, so I don't for one year or two. I think it's two. Oh God, of course it is. I could be wrong though. Don't quote me on that. Uh, it's only one Walker. Oh, okay. Walker, Stall, and Sealer all UFAs at the end of the season. Oh, okay. So yeah, they could definitely flip all of them at the deadline, or resign them all for next year, or resign them all. I cannot believe that they did not trade Nick Sealer when people wanted him. It is absolutely. Asinine. Yeah. Well, hey, you know, Chuck Fletcher was way too busy trying to deal JVR to deal with Nick Sealer at the deadline. He was busy uh, managing the team on his phone with that little app hickey that he built. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the fuck Nick Sealer's doing here. And if they were going to no. keep Nick Sealer, why did they bring in Mark Stahl? Like, uh, I don't. Yeah, I, they played uh, the, they played the same game. Like, I guess they want. Mark Stahl to be like this pseudo player coach the player or whatever. coach who's going to help. And like, there's value there. And I understand that. But then like, I don't believe for a second that this guy was brought in to not play. And like, this I is, don't believe that either. This is but like, I think he's not he going to play got... every night. He may not play every night, but he can play 60 games. Like he, he's going to play, especially I imagine the offer was like, Hey, we'll flip you at the deadline to a contender because somebody's going to want you. But nobody wanted him in the offseason, I guess. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> at the trade deadline, people, people get desperate, right? So they'll start they'll start throwing picks around for anybody. We can hope. So uh. I, uh, yeah. 
I think that's kind of their thought process with it. But if you're going to trade him at the deadline, you obviously have to play him. Yep. So that way it's the old Andrew McDonald, right? You have yep. to play him to showcase him. Exactly. And though he's an absolute disaster and playing him more means nobody's going to want him because he absolutely sucks. <sighs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, like... <sighs> to answer your initial question, I think, I think they finished no higher than 10th worst. I, I would be hard pressed to believe that they would, even sniff the wild card spot. But that's just my personal opinion. I think Eight realistically, I, I was going to say, I think they finished kind of where they did last year, like picking anywhere between seven to 10. Yeah. I, I think that's like, I don't think they're picking bottom five. I, no. I just, there's too much just, talent here for that. When you, when you take a look at uh, who are the bottom feeders here, like Arizona and Anaheim, San Jose, uh, San Jose, oh, whatever gosh, it is Vancouver's Jose, doing these days, yeah, whatever's whatever's left of San Jose. Yeah, yeah I like. You know, those me- teams. Are, those teams, <sighs> I think, are on paper are definitely worse than the Flyers are right now. Yeah, and this just is not a bad, and especially if the Blackhawks like shows up and succeeds, and Forrester shows up and succeeds, and it's even more talent you got up front. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't think this is a bottom five team, and. You know, maybe they get lucky and win the lottery, but I'm predicting like an eight to ten finish. Yeah, you know? I, I I would not be surprised if at some point they are hanging around the wild card spot. I don't know if they finish there. Hopefully, the wheels kind of fall off by season's end and and they're not there. But yeah, I mean, they can get on a run and and blow their own draft positioning again. And you know, when Please, they're not no. lucky enough to take someone like Mitchkov seventh overall next season, I think that'll be a harsh reminder that maybe you should have a. Uh, Maybe approach the rebuild with a little bit more uh, humility than they did, but and also that this was like a once in a lifetime thing that could happen due to the current geopolitical climate, and you will not get that lucky again. Yeah, so <laughs> I don't know what a what a disaster. Well, at least we can commiserate together for the whole season, Dan. Yeah, got uh, all kinds of shows. Over the next little while, I guess we'll wrap it up. I don't know what the hell else there is to talk about with this stupid team. Oh, we didn't talk about Wade Allison. Oh yeah, Wade Allison got sent down. I'm still I was I was going to mention that. it during when we were talking about the the log jam at right wing, and then we just got we got onto some other tangent. But yeah, he got <sighs> sent down. I really thought he was going to get claimed. Because... I thought he was too. Uh, but uh, they did not. He's going to Lehigh, so, I mean, I get to watch him every night, so that's fun, I guess, but... Not too bad for you, at least. It sucks. Yeah, it sucks that they never gave him a real opportunity, you know. And as I noted on Twitter today, they had their... The standard video that they put out on their YouTube thing, and they talked about Land of Opportunity, and the first player that they showed was Wade Allison. (laughs) Oops! Oh, that's funny. But, uh... Yeah, you know, he was in Tortorella's doghouse last year and played fourth-line minutes for seven minutes a night and in a defense-first role, which is just not the player he is. You know, no. this is a, this is a power-forward, crash-the-net kind of guy, and he never really got that opportunity. So it sucks. You know, I was not really expecting that, but once they brought in Hathaway, you kind of knew that his role was taken, right? It was just that point where they going to send him down to give someone like Forrester a spot, right? And, mm-hmm. kinda, and probably Brink showing up and succeeding kind of forced their hand kind on of, that yeah. one, right? If Brink didn't succeed, they could carry Forrester and Allison and just deal with it. But... um you know, yeah, maybe th- we see him again he... at some point this year, but at the end, this may be the end of the road for Allison in, in Philadelphia. 
Yeah, I think if Brink hadn't been the surprise that he was, Allison would have made the team, and probably. he would have just probably just been rotating. He would have been the thirteenth forward. The thirteenth forward, exactly. Um, yeah, it's it's just really, it sucks to see. I feel like he plays such a style that is unlike anybody else on the team, which is something that I really enjoy. He plays like this reckless, hard nosed, fast and loose style which unfortunately also leaves him prone to injuries um and then when that happens it you know just kind of messes with the whole flow and i feel like it takes a while for him to get back into it but yeah some i I feel like he wasn't entirely given a bit of a fair shake especially because they signed you know like i'm sure garnet hathaway is a fine player actually i've seen him play and i like him a lot but signing him also blocked wade allison like that was kind of his spot and i don't really understand why they needed him versus a guy that they already had in their organization for cheaper that they've seen do the same job he does. Yeah. Um, it's the but, whole problem with the fourth line in general, right? Is they're very, mm-hmm. they're, they're a good fourth line. They're, but they're married to it. They're, they're married to it. It's a good fourth line. The question is, why are they here? And like, they may not be blocking anybody, quote unquote, but you had Lozinski in that role who fucking Tortorella hated. You had Allison down there who deserved another look. And then you had someone like Lexel who could have been mm-hmm. a fourth line left wing with a chance to kind of rise in his own sure, there. So, yeah. you know, it is annoying that they kind of went this veteran route with their depth when you have so many guys that could have served that role in a house, right? Paling's kind of looked good so far, though. So I'm. And and he's bounced around a bit, so I'm interested yeah, to see you know, what, former first what round the Flyers pick, have seen but... in him that he that other teams weren't really able to unlock. Former first round pick, but he didn't really stick with anybody. He was a half, no. he was a pen, he was up and down in the AHL, NHL. So, you know, clearly they they feel something about this guy, and you know, I think he's probably eventually going to get overthrown by Danoye. I would assume that's the the plan on that one. But uh, if for the it's time not being, this season, you know, it's next season. Yeah, I think he only signed a one year deal. I'm pretty sure it's not. Oh, you're right. It year. is a one year deal. So you know, they I don't know why. Around, I just but... assume everybody's here long term. No, I, I believe me. I have the same <laughs> thought as well with a lot of this stuff. Yeah. Maybe even. Hold on. Uh, yeah. Palin was only one year. Okay. So. so on the bright side, it seems like they're not. If they want to get rid of some of these players, after, if kids in Lehigh are taking a bit of a step, they're not. Uh, they can get rid of these guys easily. Hopefully. Either just, either just trade them or let them walk at the That's end of the, the season. That's the plan until they all come back next year and they just fucking run it back. They just uh, signed a d- bunch of different veterans. Well, that's also a possibility, yeah. <laughs> Whoever the equivalent to Mark Stahl is next summer is a Philadelphia oh, player. Eh. <laughs> Mark Stahl resigns. <laughs> God! <laughs> I just spoke it into existence. You can yell at me if it actually happens. Oh, I've had that thought, too. I'm like, they're, they're not going to keep him. They're not going to trade him at the deadline. They're just going to bring him back because they like him too much. Oh, what are you most excited to see this season? We've talked a, a bit about what they what we think they can do and storylines to watch, but what are you personally most excited to see? I just want to see the kids play and succeed. And quite just, I mean, uh, just given an opportunity. I think that's all I'm asking for with a lot of this. And I think it's just what I was expecting when you called a rebuild in the first place, right? was, okay, Forrester's here. Let's see what he's got. You know, I, I want... I wish guys like Adderd were up and you, you you had an idea. It's the it's the frustrating part with all these veterans in the first place is 
because the vets are here, you're not getting a good look at your kids, right? And the thing with Allison was you kind of gave up on him without ever seeing what he had in his given role. And I don't mm-hmm. want that to be a regular thing with a lot of these guys. And Zamula and Adderd are probably the next two up to kind of fit that bill of they're going to move on from them before they ever actually give him an honest-to-God look and see what they have. So I, I, I hope that you see these guys. I hope that if these players earn it, that they actually earn it. You know, if Brink continues to be good, that he's not demoted at any point and, and whatnot. But... You know, I, I just wish there were more kids. I, I kind of wish they leaned a little harder into this rebuild and the youth movement. And, and, like, I get veterans, you know, there's reasons they're here both on the ice and off the ice. I understand that. But at the end of the day, when you've got a dozen fucking players that are ready for NHL ice time, let's see what they got. And, you know, we'll we'll see how this one unfolds throughout the season. And especially on a night-to-night basis, who ends up eating what kind of minutes. But overall, like I, I, I am glad that we finally have some prospects that seem like they're NHL-caliber players. You know, all this waiting and rebuilding and drafting for all these years, you know, it's time to see what you got. So hopefully we see what they have to offer. And by season's end, they do have faith in Forrester, in Brink, in Andre, and they can go into next summer, get rid of these veteran guys that we talked about that are, that are you know, UFAs and whatnot. Let them play, then call up the next batch of kids. I mean, you know, Tortorella did a good job with Cates last year. And, you know, York and uh, Frost were a bit hit or miss throughout the way, but they did a good job at the end of the day. You know, and Tippett was here, and it's good, and it's why I'm not completely losing my shit on this one yet. But, mm-hmm. you know, you developed one batch of kids. Now it's time to do the next. And next year it's going to be time to do the next. And to continue to integrate them and, and be smart with how they do this, that's what I want to see the most. And that's kind of the whole point of the rebuild. And that is also the port, uh, the part that I'm most skeptical that they're going to get right, which yeah. is, is, you know, <laughs> kind of the catch-22 there. So we'll see how they ultimately do it. But I am excited to see what some of these young guys got because, I mean, this is your best bet for some saving grace to come to this organization. And, uh, you know put them in a right path for a little while you put it so eloquently that i'm not even going to try to add on to it (laughs) because you really just like took the thoughts out of my brain but i think one of the things that i am most excited to see is whether or not the people that we have seen play well in the past can take a return to the form yeah because i think that's where all of the success of the season in either direction, whether you want them to lose or you want them to win is going to hinge on it's whether Sean Couturier look, doesn't even have to look like the Selkie version of himself, but looks kind of capable hockey player, capable hockey player, whether Atkinson can return to form, whether Farabee can break that 40 point barrier and actually become a top six guy, Um, whether Sanheim can return to form and be you know a good number three even though he's playing on a top pair but that's another (laughs) thing to get mad that's you know another thing to get mad at another day um you know i think a lot of that you know whether carter hart can take the next step into being the guy before they commit to him when his contract is up at the end of the season yeah you know i think all of that is combined is really going to force the flyers hand in one way or another with how they're going to treat both the remainder of this season and what they do in the future. And that, that I think is key as well is whatever they find, take whatever the findings were from this year. And when you get to the trade deadline and when you get to the off season, you actually pull the trigger this time. Mm -hmm. You can't, sit on your hands again. You can't go, well, we don't want to trade Konechny or we don't want to trade Sanheim. We don't want to do this and that, you know, you can't 
play it hands off. You can't play it safe anymore. No matter what happens this year, you need to take your findings and apply them. You know, if it's time to move on from Farabee, if it's time to move on from Konechny, if you get an offer for Lawton, you can't refuse. Like, you gotta start cycling some of these guys out in order to play these kids. And and that's just what it comes down to. And if the kids look good, then that's a bigger reason to do that. You know, you just can't get cold Mm -hmm. feet going to the offseason again like they did last year. So... We'll see. You know, it's it's banking on the Philadelphia Flyers doing the right thing, which they do not have a great record You will of. not find me putting my money on yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> not yet. That's for sure. Yeah, not yet. They, they have not earned my trust back yet in, in that aspect. So we'll see. But, uh, you know, hoping for the best, kind of expecting a mediocre in the middle result. So. Are you going to any Flyers games this season? Fuck No. <laughs> not that I know of. Anyway. Yeah, I guess why would you if you're right by Lehigh and you could just watch yeah. all the I got all Phantom the season tickets. I'll be up here enjoying myself with the hockey every night versus whatever the fuck it is Lucky the Flyers you. are going to be doing. Yeah. <laughs> I thought about going to the home opener, but it's on a Tuesday, which is like the one night of the week that I'm like never free. Against the so, Canucks? Yeah. They <laughs> they had their home opener against the Canucks either last season or two years ago. Yeah, I think it, I remember them playing early against the Canucks last year. I don't remember if it was there. It was it was at home. They opened the season at home. Hmm. Cuz they which is funny because they usually open on the road. Yeah. Well, that'll be yeah. tomorrow, everybody. Puck drop is tomorrow in Columbus. Um, Hope everybody is ready for a season of misery. Yeah. But you can find us talking about it together here at Brotherly Pod. Yeah, we'll be here all year. And uh, we'll call it a day here. Uh, I was on in, uh, with Anthony earlier today. Did Katie now? Freaking Flyer with uh, both Manny and Mike will be back sometime at some point in the very near future. Shane on Mondays as always. And uh, I'm sure we'll get somebody else on next week. You know, as always. We'll figure it out when the time comes, right? Who needs exactly. promo work? <laughs> <laughs> At the end of the flyer, Brotherly Puck and Brotherly underscore pod. Plenty of shit up on the website, brotherlypuck.com. All your NHL 24 reviews are up. You can check those out. And uh, Katie, where can people find you on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at Claude Giroux, but the A in Claude is a four. I honestly haven't said that in so long. I almost <laughs> blacked out for a second. I was like, wait, what is this? <laughs> uh, all right, everyone. Until next time, goodbye and good night. Drop the gloves, let's go!